Hello and welcome to the MFL show on the ASI podcast. I am your host, Dara Marr, and I am joined by two of the three wise men, John Malloy and Jake Woolhead. Uh, guys, happy Christmas Eve, Eve. And on this pre-festive pre edition of the show, we'll be looking at the decline of the Steelers. We'll be uh, looking at the Pro Bowl selections that were made earlier on this week. And we will also, of course, be giving our predictions for week 16 of the regular season guys uh we're getting close to christmas um and i want to ask you this if you could have any present for your team this year what would it be and i'll go first and i'll say if for the seahawks i would love the 12s to be back in the stadium so because uh, they'd be a huge advantage when it comes to playoff time if fingers crossed they can wrap up the division this week and have at least one home playoff game uh, this year. Uh, Fionn, what would be your present that you would like to give to the Washington football team? I'm going big and I'm going to ask for a franchise quarterback. It's pretty much the only thing we need, I think. That is going to really go to jump us right up the standings. Defense is looking good last few weeks. We're getting rolling, we're getting wins, but my God, it's hard to watch that little ticky-tacky offense. So yeah, a starting quarterback, a high-caliber starting quarterback, that's where I'd go. So Alex Smith isn't really doing it if he has the franchise quarterback. Okay. Uh, okay. He's, he's fine. He's fine as a placekeeper, but he's not Lamar Jackson or any of those boys, unfortunately. My wish list, uh, I'm stuck between uh, elite wide receiver. Missing that, definitely. The separation of the Giants is terrible. And then also, I mean, it'd be really nice if Jones could fix his fumbling issue. I'd be really happy with that, too. Get him some stick him. Stick him. The illegal yeah. substance. <laughs> Not great for traveling, but if he's going to have to run it half the time anyway, then I'm sure it'd be all right. But then you're going to have to give him some sort of stabilizers as well when he runs so he doesn't fall over. <laughs> so, but okay, there's some good presents. Hopefully this year um, you're all on the nice list so that uh, Santa can bring you those presents for your team and make them great again um before we move on to our uh topics for today don't forget you can follow us on any of our social pages we're on twitter at uh at under at asi sorry underscore pod we're on instagram at asi podcast and if you want to uh, follow us on facebook you can it's facebook.com forward slash asi podcast of course we're part of the dynamo's podcast network who are also on youtube now at the moment so make sure you uh, subscribe to the dynamo podcast network on youtube as well as your normal podcasting sites to see to watch podcasts if you like to prefer you'll be able to see our lovely faces in the new year as well when we start recording airs too but Let's move on to our first topic of the day, and it's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the Steelers have found themselves uh, looking over the shoulders a little bit. Uh, after starting the season 11-0, they've gone from a winning streak to a losing streak. They lost their last three games, culminating in a 27-17 loss to Ryan Finley and the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday night. The squad's shortcomings are starting to come to the fore with a lackluster offense that is too reliant on an aging Ben Roethlisberger trying over 50 passes a game combined with no running game. But the once fair defense has started to crumble with multiple injuries to the likes of Bud Dupree and Devin Bush, and along with recent injuries to Vince Williams and, of course, tight end Eric Ebron. Uh, Fionn, I'll start with you on this. Do you, if you were a Steelers fan, should you start to worry? Uh, yes, I think you would start to worry. And I think the main reason you start to worry is that Cleveland, they're only two games back to, to be top of the division. They're only one game behind at the moment. They have to play the Steelers in the last game of the season. And the Steelers game in between that is Indianapolis Colts, which is not a gimme either. So now all of a sudden, you're going to have to really, really push to try and finish the season on the top of that division. Something that did not look like it was going to be an issue couple of games ago. So on a personal point as well, the Washington football team, I don't like this decline. It makes our glorious victory of an undefeated team look a little bit less shiny. 
Uh, but yeah, I think now now it's starting to be um, squeaky bum time if you're a Steelers fan, definitely. Yeah, Jake, uh, what do you think? Do you think that if you're a Steelers fan, you'd start to worry about the recent decline? Oh, you absolutely have to worry about them. I don't think Big Ben looked great at all. I think he made a lot of small, stupid mistakes. You know, getting he got a few bad passes, and he have a couple of interceptions. He just didn't look great to me. And the the defense, what happened to them? Are they really missing Bud Dupree that much? They just really look terrible. Really, really bad. Yeah, but definitely. It is, it is worth bearing in mind one of the three straight losses was against the Buffalo Bills, which is quite a good offense. So definitely, I think it's more two wobbles, one against Washington, who are not a terrible defensive team, as we said, but and didn't do much on offense against them. Uh, we relied heavily on that defensive scores that we got. So I think the really big issue is Cincinnati and whether you can write the ship coming into Indianapolis. But I still, you're not going to be happy with three three losses on the bounce to two what will be considered of the weaker teams in the NFL at the moment. It's funny that you mentioned uh, the defensive scores from the the Reds or the football team. We have seen in the Bengals game there was a couple of big big turnovers that really helped get the Bengals going. That was just a big big part of it. I think Juju's fumble was very uncharacteristic of him. I mean, speaking of Juju, he had a terrible game himself. Now, to be fair. I think he cares more about dancing in the middle of the field before games now than actually uh, playing in them. But, I seen a stat. Sorry, there. I seen yeah. a stat on Twitter. There, he has more TikToks released dancing on a field or just dancing in general than he has receiving yards in a game. More receiving yards. He has ninety-five receiving yards. Is the most amount he's gotten in a game so far, I think. And he's more TikToks than that. <laughs> uh, but what I was going to say is. Do we go back then to a chat that we had a couple of weeks ago in regards to the Steelers and saying, did we sort of overestimate their start? Because their schedule was quite favourable. They played teams at the right times when there was injuries on those teams. Did it, and also, I think, I, I think another thing is, I think teams are figured, not figured out, but teams have understood that they don't have a running game. So you don't have to load the box in every play. So they can play those two deep leg safeties, which is going to pretty much eliminate uh, Ben's uh, throwing uh, lanes because he, he doesn't have the arm strength either to throw the big bombs that he once did either. So there are a lot of short check downs. So if you play your two safeties, you're eliminating that too. So is, it there, is there a lack of sort of, is there, you know, like ability to change? I think, yeah, I think you nailed it in that when you don't have a running game, it completely hamstrings you. People know what you're going to do. And even if you're changing up your play calling on the offensive side in terms of through the air, it's, it's really impossible to change it to an extent wide enough that's going to trick or confuse any of these NFL defenses. You might throw check downs, long balls, crossers, whatever you want to do. But the reality is... At this level, you're only going to be able to focus on one or two of those aspects of game. And after the first quarter, that defense is going to be on you. They're going to know exactly what your game plan is for them. They're going to spot where they need to double team and they're going to adjust quickly. And I think without that run game, like you said, that threat, whether it's a threat of a play action and you want to build off that or you just want to go ahead and run it right down someone's throat to end a game, to end a quarter whatever you need to do without that ability. Yeah, absolutely. You're too one-dimensional for this league. Yeah, you can't go wrong. Like, you can't, you're not wrong at all, Fiona. That, um, the run, run game being terrible is, is just not helping them whatsoever. They have to really heavily rely on the, the run game. Now, you could obviously point at James Conner not being around as a part of it, but I really don't think with his return, it's going to affect all that much. Um, and then on the play actions, like, if you look at it, they're the lowest or one of the lowest teams in the league at using play action. And they always say whether or not you have a good run game, a bad run game, even if you're running a lot, the play action is the best way to get, is the best way to get deep pass completions. Uh, even No matter how good your run game is, it doesn't make a difference. I think in that respect, Roethlisberger's age and his play style does not help them. He's a, a quintessential pocket passer. Even in his younger days, he didn't. He can run the ball for sure. He's a big man, but he's not that kind of escape artist, roll extend around, play. Aaron Rodgers, extend a play. Exactly. He's really that 
I'm going to sit in here, I'm going to let your hands hit off me, I'm going to stand strong, and I'm going to bury it at the end, where that doesn't really suit to bring that play action style in. It's something he never really had, those rollouts, bootlegs, any of that extra stuff you can do without a run game of just a complete misdirection and move him to somewhere with a clean space where he can look at the field and hope that these wide receivers, who are good wide receivers, can make a bit of separation and they don't even have that in the bag at the moment. In my yeah, opinion. that's true. He, I, I remember he had one, at least one rollout on the other night. And I, the minute he, he was thrown on the run, he just couldn't get the, the juice mm-hmm. on the throw. And he, he completely underthrew. I think it might have been Juju or Deontay Johnson or something. Completely underthrew him. He doesn't have that young man's like mobile throwing platform that a lot of these young quarterbacks have nowadays. Does he look injured? Um, there's, there's been a few rumours going around that he actually was injured going into that game on Monday. And, I, I go back to that Cowboys game where he, he seemed to do something to his knee from uh, taking a sack and like he struggled through the rest of that game and he hasn't obviously we've talked like you said Fiona you've talked that he's never been a running type quarterback but when he's had to beforehand he's not been afraid to sort of maybe try and get a few yards running but I've not seen him do uh, I've not seen him try and break any runs at all. He, it's he's just he seems to try to move as little as possible. Maybe trying not to aggravate maybe an injury that he has. Certainly, when he played us, I really felt like there was something strange with his arm. Now he went over three hundred yards for sure, but he did not look comfortable at times throwing the ball. I don't know if that was the Washington pass rush that he was just aware of, and we were getting a little bit closer than he was used to in previous games. But yeah, I. He doesn't look healthy, but then he never did. He always looked a little bit overweight, a little bit slow to me. So maybe that's just his style. But yeah, I agree. There, there could well be something deeper going on with these last struggles in the last couple of games than just flat out not being able to play. I wonder, is uh, part of his, his off-season elbow surgery, is he still feeling a bit of the effect from that? I mean, he, he said no, but what quarterback isn't going to say he's fully healthy? And on your point, Fiona, about uh, the game against the football team, I mean, football team has probably got the strongest defensive line in the league, or at least top two or three. And even though the Steelers have two Pro Bowl offensive linemen, they're not great. They just got in on, on a popularity vote, in my opinion. I think it really showed when he had to hurry up and rush the ball. It just wasn't working for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you're jumping the gun a little bit now on your Pro Bowl talk here, Jay. I'm going to rein that in a little bit. Foreshadowing, it's foreshadowing yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we know how uh, Jake feels anyway about some of the O-line selections of the AFC at least. But we'll look forward to their last two games. And Fiona, you mentioned the the uh, Browns are only a game behind now. The Ravens are... Uh, t- two games behind. Now, they can't catch them because of the uh, conference uh, tiebreakers because the Steelers have beaten them twice this year. So that doesn't come into effect either. Um, but this thing, they could go from second seed, which I think they're se- third seeds that they are now. They could go all the way down to the seventh seed and not have any home games in the playoffs. Can, like, obviously, not trying to give away too much about your, your predictions for later on in the show, but do you think that that's a possibility? Do you, do you think yourself that they are going to still win this division? I think so. I think they have got off to a good enough start to be able to hold on. Uh, the Cleveland game will be really, really tight. Do you know what the tiebreaker is between them and Cleveland? If, if it does come um, down to Indianapolis and Cleveland? No, at, does... at, at the moment, the tiebreaker is with Pittsburgh. They beat Cleveland in the first game. So we'll all come down to that. They play in the last game. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think it's definitely um, looking as I mentioned a lot less likely than it was say five weeks ago. But I still think they are. You want to be if you want to be anywhere, you want to be on top. You can always hold on to the top position. Uh, Indianapolis will tell us a lot whether they win it or they lose it. More about how they play and what they've done to kick the slides. Uh, so I wouldn't necessarily be devastated if they lose a game to a very good Colts team, but. What you want to look for is, have you got something in the tank that suggests that you can beat Cleveland right at the end? So that's what I'd be worried about and looking at. Here's my opinion on it. I don't think the Steelers are winning another game this season. I just don't think they have it. They looked terrible on the defense. They looked woeful on offense. And I think the Browns, 
they're coming off a hot streak. They're going to win them. I think they're going to steamroll them in the last game. And uh, the Colts, I think the Steelers are, are, I think, minus two and a half favorites. I think the Colts are going to run away with that. So I, I don't think they're going to win another game. So I think the Browns are going to catch up with them and beat them in the tiebreaker then. Yeah, I think stylistically for this weekend, I think the Colts are like the worst here probably they can come up against. I just thought, I think they, um, the Steelers are the, the, the Colts' uh, strengths are the Steelers' weaknesses. And so I think that's, that's going to be a very difficult game for the moment. And then when it comes to this uh, Cleveland game where you have then four losses in a row and then you're coming up against this for the division and Cleveland are on a hot streak, it's going to be very difficult to see what will happen. But we'll get into that more in the second half of the show and obviously next week as well if uh, the Colts do, in fact, win. But we'll move on and we're going to talk a little bit about the Pro Bowl because earlier this week, the NFL announced their AFC and NFC roster for this year's Pro Bowl. There are a few surprise additions that were added, probably on reputation, instead of looking at the season that they've had. Well, let's take a look at both conferences individually and we'll name some players that could find themselves a little lucky to be in the roster and a few that maybe we should change with that, that should uh, be considered pro bowlers that were sort of unlucky. And we'll start with the AFC and I, I, I've sort of kind of broken it down into sort of position groups that I would want to talk. So I, I'll just start with, say, the QBs. And I, I find myself that Deshaun Watson was a little lucky to be at it this year. I believe that uh, Ryan Tannehill should have been selected. I think he's had a much better season for the Titans. Uh, I think even just last week's game alone, you saw if you follow our, our Instagram page, we put the stats from his game last week alone. Uh, I think it was three passing touchdowns and two uh, rushing touchdowns in a really good game against the Lions. But uh, Fiona, start with you. What do you think about the QB group for the AFC this year? I had exactly the same thought as you. I thought to Sean Watson, when you only have four wins on a season, you're always going to be a little bit lucky to get in. I don't. There seems to be a real uh, love and passion in the NFL for this guy, whether or not it's based on what he's done before when the Texans were really good a couple of years ago or just now that he's, he's battling on a really terrible team. But personally, I would have gone with a quarterback like Herbert, a young guy who's had a really good season and is exciting. The, end, the Pro Bowl is always a little bit strange. It's fan voted. So there's a little bit of popularity going on as well. It's not always the best stack, guys. And for me, I would prefer to see a guy like Herbert, a really exciting young quarterback, be involved. I don't know what the setup is going to be like for the Pro Bowl this year. I can't imagine it's actually going ahead in person. It's literally the worst uh, possible idea for a COVID season where you get uh, the Pro Bowl, teams. Yeah, the Pro Bowl is going ahead. Um, but there's there, there, obviously there's no uh, how can I say there's no actual events and stuff going on mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot of online based I think it's going yeah. to be like I think they're working with EA to do some special like Madden game sort of challenges that they're going to do instead mm-hmm. of um, so in, I think in a traditional year I would have liked someone like Herbert to get in someone exciting that the young guys always love to go to the Pro Bowl uh, they love to joke around and make a good atmosphere there. Uh, now, of course, Watson's still a young man, but he's been around the league a few years. So I would have liked Herbert to get in ahead of Watson, I think, this year. But just, sorry, Jake, before I just go on to you, so before just that you say about Herbert, I, he is sort of in the same style as as Deshaun, that like he has only got five wins this year. So mm-hmm. is that still good enough? I know he's a young, exciting uh, quarterback, but in the AFC, I don't think he's shown that he's been one of the best three. Like I, how I, like, I don't believe that Watson's been one of the best three. That's why I've been going with Tannehill, and Tannehill has been one of the best three, in my opinion, anyway. But, but Jake, what do you think about the quarterbacks? I mean, you can't argue with Mahomes, obviously. Josh Allen definitely deserves to be in, but I think we're all in agreement that Sean Watson doesn't deserve to be the third in that group. Now, I like where Fionn's coming from with the younger guy, where Herbert, I think that's a, a really good choice for somebody he's going to be in the league for for probably the next 10-15 years um, but then I mean I, I'm not a huge fan on Tannehill myself but I could see why people should vote him in he has played excellently with the tools he's gotten he's played absolutely brilliantly I, I would have kind of liked to see Tua go in because um, I just like Tua left-handed quarterback come in how often does that happen in the Pro Bowl in his first year he's handled things quite well so 
I'd, I'd kind of like to see Tua had gotten in, but I could see why um, you would have picked uh, Herbert over Tua now, Fionn. Yeah, I think just for that, though, we, the likes of Tua, and this is sort of a running trend, and, and sort of my choices with some of them that I, I, I'm a bit iffy about is Tua hasn't played a full season, and there's obviously other players in other positions that are in the team that haven't played full seasons that are still getting in that I have a little bit an issue with as well now myself. Um, but I think that's like if we look at it, in what it depends on what we want the Pro Bowl to be. Do we want the Pro Bowl to be like the top of the top players in their position in the conference? Then I don't think you can have a Herbert or a Tua in because then you're putting them in on just uh, you know you did well. That's maybe not proven it, but like you know you did well. Add a boy, there you go. I don't think I don't believe myself everything that's worthy of a, a Pro Bowl selection. Um, but it's, it's, def- it's definitely worth it's definitely worth getting recognition for the for how well they've sort of come into the league and handled the, maybe the expectation. It's a very fair point as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, like you all know, the Pro Bowl is a bit of a popularity contest. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the fan vote, but I think the fan vote only counts for a quarter of the total yeah, votes, and the rest is is coaches and yeah. players get the most amount, and I think reporters get more as well, more weight added to their picks. I think the reality is for the NFL now is that if you want an award, an accolade for how well you did, it's all pro. And really the Pro Bowl is a kind of a flash, like a fantasy league for the fans really more than anything else. And that's why I, if you're going to include a guy like Watson, who doesn't necessarily have the record, I don't actually know exactly what his stats are this year. They're probably better than Herbert's. But, if you're looking at it, if the record is, an, is not an important thing, well, then I'd rather have someone flashy, someone young, with a good arm like Herbert, who's going to joke around and create these highlights that the NFL wants to be able to put on all the social media. And really, that's what the Pro Bowl is about at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, the All-Pro is what everybody wants to be a part of. The Pro Bowl has kind of come a bit of a, I wouldn't say a joke, but it's not a serious event anymore. Anymore. you've got all the games and stuff like that so I could see all pro is definitely where all the players want to be and I think it's a huge part of people's contracts now is still I know Logan Ryan the free safety off the Giants and part of his contract if he made the Pro Bowl was half a million dollars like that's a huge amount just for like what you would call kind of a, a joke or non-serious game yeah but just, and I think the way the Pro Bowl has become anyway in the last few years I think for myself personally I think less people watch the game and I think it's more for the the challenges during the week to see. I don't know about how how you feel about it. Yeah, yeah I would have started watching. Yeah, I I think I watched the challenges as well. I do like them, but I think the game itself, like I think last season or season before, Saquon Barkley and uh, I think it might might have been Alvin Kamara were lined up at defensive end during the match, so it's a bit of a, like a joke. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll move on anyway to the running backs. Um, so the running backs. Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Bradley Chubb. It's a good list. Uh, I don't have a lot of issues with it. Maybe one issue, like I said in the previous one, in, in talking about QBs, Chubb missed multiple games this year, whereas Jacksonville Jaguars' James Robinson didn't miss a game, and I think he's been probably one of the rookie, uh, rookie finds of the year. Uh, I think I would have had him in instead of Chubb. But uh, Jake, what do you think? I think Robinson was absolutely snubbed it up. He was definitely deserved to vote. And it's just because he's on a losing team that he's not getting the the look at. Like, I mean, Nick Chubb, has, is, what, is the Browns are on 10 and 3 now, or maybe maybe higher, I can't remember. But he definitely doesn't deserve, deserve it. But he has played well. We can't take that away from him. But it's just the fact that if you swap the, the team records, would you still have Josh Jacob or Nick Chubb in as opposed to James Robinson? Probably not. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Uh, it's a very strong list. Personally, I didn't have any issues with it. I could see the argument you would make from Robinson and against Chubb, certainly missing those games. But uh, it's hard to deny the damage that he did in the games that he did play in. Uh, he was really, really a key part of that Cleveland offense. So I'm kind of happy enough with the three that got in. Certainly, you could make a case for a few guys. I don't think it's as obvious as the quarterbacks as to who should not be there. Okay. Uh, wide receivers, Tariq Hill, Stefan Diggs, Keenan Allen, AJ Brown. Uh, Fiona, what do you think of that list? Would you make any changes? 
no, I think it's a super strong list. Of course, everybody's going to have their own preference of a superstar wide receiver that they want in, but it's hard to deny that all four of those guys are not excellent wide receivers. Yeah, you can't argue with a single one of them on that list, I don't think. Hill, Diggs, Brown, Allen, they're all excellent wide receivers and they're at the top end of the league. They're definitely a strong, strong wide receiver team. Perfect. Uh, I, I, like the, I like the list too. If you wanted to be super picky, maybe you could take Keenan Allen and replace with maybe someone like Clay Chape, uh, Chase Claypool, perhaps. But I think he more had a little streak of really good games Claypool did. And then he sort of, I think either side, he sort of fizzled out a little bit. Where Keenan Allen is still always uh, like the most dangerous man uh, on the uh, Chargers offense. Uh, tight end group. So we got uh, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller. I don't think there's any uh, debate about that. You know, you feel bad for the likes of maybe Mike Gesicki. If there was three selections, he would be in there, I think, for sure. I think he's had a really good season with the Dolphins. Um, anything anything to add on the tight end group? No, I agree with you. It's it's You can't not put Kelsey in, and Waller's a super tight end as well. Not in the AFC. I think there's less than in the NFC to pick from. But, uh, yeah, I'm happy with those two. Yeah, I'm definitely happy with it. I, I really like Waller. He has a really nice story behind him. Overcame a lot of hard things. So probably for him, it's a very emotional time for him to get into the Pro Bowl. And with Kelsey as well. Kelsey's, I mean, we just know Kelsey is Kelsey. So can't argue with him. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the O-line. I know you mentioned it there, Jake. So I'll let you go with this one that you were talking about. Uh, Maurice Pouncey of the Steelers on, on, on the Pro Bowl list who maybe probably shouldn't have been there. Um do you have uh, any player that you would have liked to have seen? Oh, I don't have anything off the top of my head. Um, maybe some of the Bills linemen. I know their their offensive linemen been quite strong, but I just like the way the Steelers have been playing. I I just their offensive line is kind of the weak point of that offensive group. It forces a lot of quick throws, quick passes because there's just a lot of pressure. And when you've a quarterback like Big Ben, who's not necessarily outrunning a lot of defenders anymore. Um, you kind of need a stronger offensive line. I just don't think they, they were deserving of the, the vote now, to be honest. Yeah, I think for me, the uh, offensive line is a little bit like dark arts. It's very hard for me to pick out. They're kind of a unit and they're individuals and they rely a lot on each other and who they're playing and what the, the defense is trying to do to them. So uh, I'm a little bit lost, I'm going to be honest, on the offensive line. I can't really pick out any names that will go and say, yeah, they should definitely be in there. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll go over and then we'll talk about the defense then. Uh, the defensive line, I'm looking at Frank Clark thinking, how has he got into that Pro Bowl selection? Why hasn't the first Buckner been included? That, that, that's my headline for that. What do you guys think? I'll start with you, Phil. Yeah, 100% agree. Buckner has been serious damage on that 49ers team that has struggled when they removed the, uh, the other players that they had with all the injuries. So. You mean the Colts? Sorry, yes, the Colts team, yeah, 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 who's played really well this year. So I think definitely Frank Clark as well is it might be one of these superstar names that got in a little bit like we saw with the quarterbacks earlier on. I think maybe he's a little bit of past seasons has got him in there, but yeah, I think I 100% agree with your change there. Yeah, absolutely. The Forest Buckner, we all know he's got snubbed on the on that pick. He definitely was deserving. He has he was a big name trade or acquisition if you want to say um, he definitely should have been included in that uh, Pro Bowl he probably I don't know who you take out maybe Cameron Hayward or somewhere like that but I think the Forest Buckner should definitely have been in that D-line group Perfect we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit then about the linemen uh, you got Tremaine Edmonds Darius Leonard uh, on the outside line or slash edge rushers pretty much as, they, as, as these ones are selected Matthew Dodd Bradley Chubb TJ Watts any any changes to them? I, I I couldn't see one myself. No, I wouldn't have picked anyone to change out of that. It's a fairly strong group. We all seen the way TJ Watt has played. He's an incredible player. He's hard to stop. Um, Judon's been great, absolutely brilliant. And Chubb, he's been playing very well too. Yeah, I think there's a lot of picks for these positions and a lot of depth in all the squads. So I think it's easy enough to come up with really strong names that you'd struggle to really make a strong case for anyone else to get in or for someone to be dropped from that list. Yeah, perfect. Now, we'll, we'll look at the, at the DBs now as well. So, with, in the corner positions, 
You got Xavier Howard, Tredavious White, Marlon Humphrey, Stephen Gilmore. Then in the safety positions, Mick Fitzpatrick, Justin Simmons, Tyron Matthew uh, as well there too. So uh, just my headline, one of the steps, uh, is steps out, I should say, uh, is Stephen Gilmore who I feel is very, very fortunate to be selected. Um, I believe on his own team, JC Jackson has been the better player this year for the Patriots. He was deserving more, I think, of a Pro Bowl uh, selection than Gilmore. Uh, Fionn, what do you think yourself? A hundred percent agree. It was the name on the entire list that jumped out at me. I had to do a little double check and go, wait a minute, there. that's not a great defense. I haven't heard his name so much this year. What did he do? And really the stats don't, don't add up. I, I know sometimes it's the eye test, and if you don't see these teams, sometimes quieter players can be superstars if you're not following very closely. But like you said, JC Jackson on his own team jumped out at me as a guy who could replace more the uh, cornerback for the Indianapolis Colts. Had a great year. And even Heath off Las Vegas, who is quite old now, but he had three pass defenses and three interceptions this year both of which would stack up pretty well against what Gilmore had. So, uh, yeah, I think definitely as a guy you could take out, 100% Gilmore is a suspicious name to be on that list. Yeah, Gilmore is definitely shouldn't have been in there. And I have to agree, JC Jackson was another big Pro Bowl snub that I had because I think he was leading or is leading the league in takeaways. And like that's quite big for, for a cornerback. So for him not getting in is a bit of a shame. I can't argue really with Xavier Howard or Tredavious White. I think they're playing like at a pretty high level and Marlon Humphrey we've seen the effect when he was out of the lineup for like just little injuries done I don't know if it was full games but certainly when he was out on a couple of plays here and there you could see that they were targeting his replacement and it just did not go well so I mean as a player for his team it definitely he was good but Gilmore shouldn't should not have been in there I don't think Perfect. We won't spend much time on the special teamers. Just just to list them, Jake Bailey from the Patriots is your punter. Uh, you got Morgan Cox from the Ravens as your long snapper. Kicker Justin Tucker, of course. I don't think there's anyone else there that you could uh, you could put in there instead. Um, uh, you've got uh, Andre Roberts of the Bills and Matthew Slayer of the Patriots as well there in the special teamers too. So, you know, We'll just leave it at that because I don't think we need to talk about special teams too much because no one cares. Uh, the NFC uh, quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. Uh, Jake, do you see any changes that you would make on that person? No, that's a quite a strong list. Aaron Rodgers has been playing out of his mind good this season. Uh, we all know Russell Wilson has been cooking, but not uh, as of recent. So I don't know how you want to put that. You could probably say take him out. Um, I do like the Murray pick. I have to say he's been he's been quite good for a second year in the league. It's a, it's a nice pick for him, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, one name I was surprised, but kind of glad was not on the list. That just on legacy alone, Tom Brady. I thought he would for sure walk in, maybe over the likes of Murray. So I was glad that Murray was selected over Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady's had a a pretty good year, but I don't know if I'd put him in flash or in terms of accomplishment this year above any of the three guys that have that have been named. Yeah, no, fully agree. I think the, the tree there is the correct tree in the NFC that should be uh, on the Pro Bowl squad this year. Like that Tom Brady, I would have had him fourth in my list. So if there was four QB selected, I think he would have been in it. Um, but uh, happy like that, the likes of Kyler Murray did get in because he is definitely deserving of a Pro Bowl selection this year. The running backs, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones. Uh, I'm okay with that. I don't. I I think maybe Kenyon Drake has had a good season with the with the Cardinals, but he missed a few games, so I can understand he's not selected there either. Uh, Fionn, what do you think? Yeah, I think these three have everything you want. Great stats, good star power names that everybody knows so I don't think you can argue with any of those three really to be honest when you get down to it yeah I'm with you there Fionn I think they're they're the three names that you would probably have picked if you were picking them for the Pro Bowl yourself uh, Dalvin Cook he has an incredible season so far he, has, he had a four touchdown game probably three weeks ago or four weeks ago um, we all know how important Kamara is to the Saints he basically is their offense and Aaron Jones is borderline unstoppable at times yeah Perfect. I'll move to the wide outs, and that's Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, and Justin 
Jefferson, the first of two uh, rookies to be selected for the Pro Bowl this year. Uh, for myself, yeah, Justin Jefferson's been fantastic. I do think that Calvin Ridley has been snubbed a little bit, though. I think he's had a fantastic year this year, and I feel that he's worthy of selection. But then again, I don't know who you would take out in that list because Justin Jefferson has been fantastic. So it was a kind of pick-up sort of situation between him and Ridley. And Andy went with Jefferson, so I can't really complain about it too much. Uh, Jake, what do you think? Yeah, wide receiver on both AFC and North, um, NFC are, are fairly strong groups. I, I, nobody's going to argue with you when you say Devontae Adams or Hopkins. I think D, DK Metcalf, he's probably the lone man out. I mean, he's still a great player and he's probably the top, but he's had a few games here or there where he's been missing in action. Um, so maybe that's a name you could argue with, but I'm not going to argue. I think he's a fantastic player and he gives a lot to the Seahawks offense. And for Justin Jefferson, that's amazing. That's brilliant. He has been incredible for the Vikings. He's just, he's an underrated, or he was underrated coming into the draft, but I think he has been an incredible asset to the Vikings team. Yeah, I agree. A strong list again. One guy I'd like to see, and maybe it's just homerism, is McLaurin. I think he had a really good year. I think his stats are in and around comparable, and his importance to the team is around comparable to the likes of Metcalf or Jefferson. I think he could have easily rotated him in, and I don't think many people would have been too upset with that, especially considering who was thrown to him to get the stats that he did have. Like four quarterbacks, I think, passed to him this season. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, but again, I'm not going to go too hard. It's a pretty strong list, so I can see why he wasn't selected, but maybe a name worth considering. I agree with you. It's Scary Terry. He's, uh, he's incredible. Um, I just couldn't have said that because of obvious <laughs> disagreements. <laughs> no, it's definitely it's definitely a good call. And maybe if you get your Christmas wish this year and you get your franchise quarterback this time next year, when we're talking about Pro Bowl selections, we'll be saying that Terry McLaurin is definitely a, a, a good selection to have in there. Now, the tight end group for me, this is probably the most contentious one of the NFC grouping. T.J. Hawkinson and Evan Ingram. I think they got that totally wrong myself. Um, I would. I have um, Tanyan from the Green Bay Packers, who has the most touchdowns of all tight ends in the league so far this year. And I would have also gone with Hayden Hurst from the uh, Atlanta Falcons. I think he's had a really good year this year too. But uh, Fionn, what do you think? I mentioned earlier that there's some really good tight ends in the NFC. I think you've named two of them as well. Tanyan was one that jumped out at me for Green Bay. Uh it, he maybe doesn't have the flash because of Devontae Adams on the team. He doesn't get a whole lot of looks. But for a, a sparse offense outside of the wide receiver, I think that tight end is a really good uh, a really good fit for Green Bay. Ingram as well, I agree, was very strange selection. I mean, he had decent stats. Hutchinson got in because of, I think, he has quite a lot of yards this year, I believe. Um, but again, what about a guy like, and it's, it's Washington again, but Logan Thomas. I don't know how you separate Logan Thomas from Ingram. Maybe I think of your two names would probably get ahead of both of those guys, but I don't see maybe it's the, the New York market that got Ingram in there. I'm not so sure, but uh, yeah, a strange selection. Certainly there's a few guys not only around him that you could have selected, but also above him that could have got in easily ahead of him. Yeah, I mean... I, I was when I looked at the Pro Bowl list and I seen Evan Engram on the list. I thought, who is voting him in? Because it certainly wasn't any of the fans. He, he's cost us three games alone this season with the drops that he's had. Um, I mean, I had Robert Tony myself. I, he's got 10 TDs on the season and a whole bunch of yards. He definitely should have gotten it over Evan Engram. I like Hawkinson too, I have to be honest, but um, there's certainly other players. That's a weak enough tight end group. And I think the, uh, maybe just the big names got it. The New York market, as you said, Fionn probably played a part in it for, uh, for Evan Engram. I, I like Logan Thomas of, of the football team. He's quite strong. He's, he's a good pass catcher and he's a good good red zone threat. And um, Dalton Schultz of the Cowboys too has been a quite a good player as well. Maybe they don't rank up in, in name, but certainly players that you could have argued for, for the tight end position there. Another player, Jake, that I couldn't nominate based on my <laughs> as well, so I'm glad you brought him up. I agree. Uh, yeah, he's had a strong year so far when he came in. Perfect. Um, we won't spend too much time on the O-line. I just want to make one addition that I would... But, but two additions, and 
I'm going I'm going as a homer now on this one and I believe that Dwayne Brown and Damian Lewis on the Seattle Seahawks O-line this year have been Pro Bowl worthy, I think. Uh, I think that they should have been selected. Uh, I think this is probably the best O-line in terms of protection that Russell Wilson has had in his career with the Seahawks. And obviously the veteran Brown and the rookie uh, Lewis have been uh, ever-present in, in that O-line despite other par- other positions being moved around a lot. And I feel that they were worthy of a Pro Bowl selection. Um, yeah, I have to uh, agree with you there. The Seahawks have gotten some, some nice pieces there on the offensive line. I, I do think the offensive line is one of those positions where you have to kind of know offensive line to understand who's good and who's bad because, as you said, Fionn, offensive line is such – it's the offensive line. That's the position group. So separating these players is harder. So when fans are voting for certain players, it's more the bigger names – even though them bigger names might not have been panning out for the season. So I think, I mean, you can't argue with Dave Bakhtiari or Trent Williams. They've been quite strong. Um, but certainly missing some players like, as you said, Dwayne Brown there. Yeah. Uh, we move on to the defensive line. Uh, I have a problem with Grady Jarrett being involved in that. I don't think he's been worthy of a Pro Bowl selection. Uh, I can't believe that Trey, uh, Trey Henriksen has been snubbed. Uh, the leading sacker on his team and Cameron Jordan was put in ahead of him this year. Uh, I believe actually um, JKB or Fiona will be happy about this. I believe Montez Sweat actually could count himself a little unlucky I think to, not be, uh, to not be selected this year. Um, but Fiona, what do you think? Would you make any other changes to that uh, defensive line? No, happy. I think, I think based on this year, if you're going... Like you said, it really depends on how you look at the pro ball. If you're looking at stats, I think Montez Sweat gets in ahead of Chase Young in terms of pure numbers that he's generated this year. I'm delighted he's made a huge jump up from last year. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. A dodgy one, but, yeah, the other, the rest of the line, I think, is, is strong enough. It's another one that's quite deep in the NFC. There's a lot of good talent, so... I think it's hard to make a super strong case against any particular one or for anyone else to get in. But yeah, I'm glad you brought up Sweat. I do agree he's had a good year. The only one for me that I think has gotten snubbed and it could be a homer pick, it's Leonard Williams. He has been playing out of his mind this season. Compared to what he's been playing the past couple of seasons, he, I think he, he could have gotten in over Grady Jarrett personally, but um, yeah, I'm not going to argue too much about it. Oh, uh, we'll go with the linebackers and uh, Jake, I'll let you start on this one. How do you feel about the linebacks, linebacker selection? I'll just go through them very quickly here. Uh, Khalil Mack, Zadaria uh, Smith, Jason Pierre-Paul, Bobby Wagner uh, and Fred Warner. Yeah, I mean, I like Khalil Mack. He's a big name, but I don't know if he's been playing out of his mind like he usually does. I mean, but he's big name, so he, he got in. Zadaria Smith has He's been he's been incredible for the Packers the past two years. That he was he's he's nearly unstoppable too. Uh, JPP obviously I know him quite well you could say, but uh, yeah I think he's been playing quite well. The Buccaneers defense has been been holding up very well too. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, again another really deep position as we said. A lot of picks. I'm fairly happy with all of them. JPP I was a little bit surprised. Maybe I wasn't keeping a close enough eye on him this year, but. I was kind of surprised to see his name. Everyone else made a lot of sense. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's a, a fairly strong group. I don't really have much to add there. I would have made two changes there myself, personally. I would have actually taken out JPP and Fred Warner, and I would have, I would have added in uh, Demario Davis uh, and KJ Wright. I think he's had a, a fantastic season with the Seahawks this year as well. I think actually eclipsing uh, Wagner for performances uh, this year myself. Uh, the cornerbacks. Uh, Jake, what do you think of uh, – or no, sorry, Fiona, I'll go with on this one. Fiona, what do you think of the quarterbacks? Jalen Ramsey, Jahir Alexander, Marshawn Lattimore, and James Bradbury. I think Jalen Ramsey really, really jumped out at me as a guy that – he has a big name and he had a couple of really good games. Uh, I think it's one of these uh, – the legend of Jalen Ramsey and he shuts down this guy and he shuts down that guy. But when you look at it over the course of the season – what was he what was he doing? I think some of these guys suffer a little bit, especially at the cornerback position, is the quarterbacks just don't go to them. So they just have a quiet season. But I feel like if you're going for the pro ball, well then a 
quiet season is a quiet season. I don't know why it entitles you to a vote. Personally, for me, even someone like Dantzler of the Minnesota Vikings, very similar stats to Ramsey on the season with more tackles. And for me, a tackling cornerback is really good. It's what separates them. They should all be able to be relatively strong at pass defenses. Interceptions is lucky. Do you know what I mean? It depends on how often you're targeted. It depends on the defense you're in. So what I really like to see is a really strong tackling cornerback. So he's a guy maybe that could have got in ahead of Jenna Ramsey for me. I'm not going to argue too much about the cornerback position. I like Ramsey, but I think you might be right about the legend of Ramsey. But I know he has had a few big plays this season. I think he, he's a rough tackler himself, so I think he t- tends to jar the ball loose. I think he might have had a couple of forced fumbles, and maybe that's what got him the votes here. Um, Jair Alexander, I know he's been incredible with the Packers as a, as a cornerback so I'm not going to argue with Lattimore he's, he's incredible too but I have to give shout out to James Bradbury he's been shutting down people all season long and it, he was certainly missed on the field against the Browns last week yeah definitely yeah, definitely a worthy selection this year for the Giants for sure and we'll finally we'll, we'll end with the safety positions uh, so this year uh, there's actually two Seahawks in the safety positions Jamal Adams and Quadre Diggs, and then uh, who was it? Buda Baker uh, rounds up the safety position. Uh, Quandre Diggs, I think, is a weird selection now for me. I don't think that he has been the Pro Bowl level, especially with other safeties that are in the league. I would have went with the likes of maybe either uh, Jabril Peppers or maybe um, Eddie Jackson from the Bears myself. But uh, Jake, what do you think about the safety selection? Um, well, I, I'd agree with you with Diggs here, to be honest. If you're looking free safety specifically, I think uh, Logan Ryan of the Giants has been playing incredible. He was just a one-year pickup from, from uh, the start of this season, um, and he's just been deadly. He's been fairly uh, just unstoppable. He's been had a couple of interceptions himself. Can't really argue with Buddha Baker. And, I mean, I think Jamal Adams, you could probably find stronger, strong safeties this season just with the... the um, He's led a couple of touchdowns past them. He's uh, He's been out a couple of games. So I think he's just a big name for me. And I think that's where he got his votes from. It's it's the sack. It's the yeah, sack record. That that's why. That's why he's in. Yeah, I agree. Uh, nice to see those big names. You can kind of forgive it when it, when it is a, a record-setting sack season for him. I think fair enough if he gets in. But a Baker, I like to see. I think he's a super player. Uh and I don't really have anyone that really jumps out at me that says, yeah, that guy should have made it in. Uh, so I'm kind of happy in the end, I think, with the three guys that are there. Cool. Uh, and that is our Pro Bowl sort of breakdown, Pro Bowl selection breakdown there for the season. So we'll see how they get on. Obviously, there'll be a few chops and changes as we get closer to the Super Bowl because some players obviously won't be able to play in it. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we are going to give our predictions for week 16 of the NFL season. First off, Merry Christmas. Terrible towels twirling. Merry Christmas. Up we go from Pittsburgh. So Arrowhead Stadium on this Christmas night. Already rocking. Hey, running this damn snow. And snow angels for Trubisky and the fellas. JV was like, snow angels, snow angels. They got it off, the kick on the way, hand over end, the kick is up, and it is no good! How the Browns have won it! And it's 0-14 no more on Christmas Eve! The Browns are a winner! Thank you guys, Merry Christmas. And you're welcome back to the second and final part of the NFL show on the ASI podcast. I am your host, Dara, of course, joined by Jake and Fionn. As always, before we get into our predictions, don't forget, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ASI podcast uh, at ASI underscore pod on Twitter. And we are uh, at ASI podcast on Instagram too, where you will see our team of the week this week, teams of the week in the AFC we chose None other than the Jets. Uh, never thought we'd say that this season. And on the NFC, we went for the Bears because they knocked out my hot take Vikings, which I'm still a little upset about. But we'll get straight into the pre- or before we get into the predictions. Sorry, the scores from last week because Jake, it's your second, third week, second actually. Sorry, I should say uh, predictions. 
And you won last week with a score of 13 and 5. I was second, 11 and 7. And Fionn is 10 and 8. So congratulations, Jake. Hopefully uh, you can keep up the good work now this week. Uh, your prize for winning is you get to go with the first prediction. It's a Christmas Day game this year. The Vikings traveling to uh, New Orleans to take on the Saints. Uh, who have you got? I'm going to go with the Vikings. Um, oh, I like the Vikings. Okay. And I think Drew Brees coming back from the injury. I didn't think he looked great myself. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with the Vikings. I agree. I think Drew Brees looked terrible. Uh, but I really, really despise Kirk Cousins, so I'm going to take the Saints in this game. <laughs> I am also taking the Saints in this game. Uh, if it comes down to QBs, even a terrible Drew Brees, I think, is going to do an awful lot better against the Vikings defense than a fully fit Kirk Cousins against that uh, Saints defense. I don't think he's going to do a lot. Um, did you hear the little soundbite that came out from the game, actually, against the Bears last week with Justin Jefferson? Nope. No, no, yeah, um, he could he could be heard on the mic after a play broke down saying, "Damn it, Kurt, throw the effing ball." <laughs> <laughs> Something I have shouted on many occasions So obviously, not everything is rosy there, young. So that's why I'm going for the Saints as well this week. We'll move on to the first of three Saturday games. This, uh, this week, and we're going to start with the first one. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to Detroit to take on the Lions. Fionn, I'll let you go first. I'm going to take Tampa Bay in this one. Good quarterback against average quarterback. That's what I'm offering. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm uh, Tampa Bay myself. I think the Buccaneers defense has been playing quite well, as I said previously, and I just figure with a rib broken Matt Stafford, it's not going to go well for him. Yeah, clean sweep, go for the books as well. I'm still a little ticked off at them because they cost my bet last week for not covering the spread. I am one more pissed off at the referees for giving that first down at the end. I don't know how that was a first down. But sure, look, we'll, uh, we'll go on anyway, and it's going to be a books win. The second of the three games is the Carol- or, sorry, Carolina, no, the San Francisco 49ers traveling to their new temporary home ground as a technically an away game to take on the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going with the Cardinals in this game. Uh, as bad as Nick Mullins is, he is actually injured. He's going to need elbow surgery, and he is out for the rest of the year. So who do they go to? C.J. Beathard. If C.J. Beathard doesn't work out, they've just signed Josh Rosen to their active squad. So you go from bad to worse to catastrophic pretty much. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals on this game. Um, they're not going to be able to stop Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins. So, yeah, Cardinals win. Jake? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm, I'm, I'm the Cardinals myself. I did say last week or the week before that what happens when you're a first-round pick? You just get unlimited chances. So here is Josh Rosen back in the lineup again. It might be only for a backup, but uh, I'm, I'm sticking with the Cardinals. I'm going to take the Cardinals. And my bet of the week is... Look for three-plus interceptions against the 49ers, whichever quarterback it is that is, manages to finish the game <laughs> or all of the quarterbacks combined. I think the, 40, the Cardinals will end the game with three interceptions or more. Cool. The late game on uh, St. Stephen's Day is the Miami Dolphins traveling to Vegas to take on the Raiders. Uh, Fiona, I'll let you go first on this one. My upset of the week, I think Derek Carr is going to do it. He's going to beat the Dolphins and it's going to bag me some extra win points. I'm going with the Dolphins myself. Um, I just don't like Derek Carr. So I have to go with my gut here and go with the Dolphins. I am going to go with the Dolphins as well. Uh, Their streak of defensive turnovers is continuing. And I think, I don't even know if Derek Carr is actually going to be fit this week, is he? I think he went there with a pull. Yeah, he went there with a pulled groin in against the Chargers last week. So I actually think that Mariota is going to start and it's going to be a bit of a horror show. So I'm going to go with the Dolphins myself to win this game. On to Sunday's games, and uh, we're going to talk about the Indianapolis Colts going to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh's fresh off three losses in a row. Uh, I'll go first on this one, and I'm actually going to pick the Colts to win this game. I think what this rot that's appeared in the Steelers 
uh, team is not going to stop anytime soon. And I think they're in for a bit of a, a car crash of the season where I think they're going to keep losing and they're going to go out in the first round of the playoffs. But, uh, Fionn, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. Colts are one and a half point favourites as well. I wouldn't be surprised if they cover that fairly easily, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a touchdown in it by the end of this game. I'm going to go for the Colts over the Steelers. Yeah, I'm sticking with the, uh, the Colts. I said earlier on today that the, the Steelers weren't going to another, uh, win another game this season, so I have to go with the Colts. But I, I definitely think this is not a good matchup for a Big Ben and the, the Steelers. The Atlanta Falcons are travelling to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Jake, I'll let you go first on this one. I mean, you have to go with the Chiefs, don't you? <laughs> you just have to go with the Chiefs. If you're not taking any handicap on the points, uh, the Chiefs are just going to outright win this, and they'll probably run away with it too. Yep, Chiefs for me as well. Yeah, clean sweep, Chiefs. Uh, Atlanta just capitulated in that second half. Like I said, I think Matt Ryan was up 17 points on Tom Brady, on a Tom Brady team, and then he got flashbacks, and they just fell apart again. So uh, Chiefs to win this fairly handily, I would say. The Chicago Bears are traveling to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. Uh, Fiona, I'll let you go first on this one. I'm going to lock the Bears into the new... First pick of the draft, Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they're going to want to stay that way pretty hard. So I'm going to take the Bears to win this one and lock them in. Yeah, I'm taking the Bears too. Um, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jags give them a good matchup. The players themselves don't want to lose games. So I think the overall pick isn't going to make a difference in this one. But I still think they haven't got a strong team. So it's going to be the Bears. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bears too. I did contemplate locking them up as well, uh, but I went for someone else instead. The Jaguars, yeah, I think they're pretty happy now that they're in the number one seed. I know the players are still want to technically win, but I, I, I don't think that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to let this go from here. They're not going to do what the Jets did, even though I'm so thankful that the Jets won last week as a Seahawks fan. But the Jets have just also shot themselves in the foot there massively. So maybe they will start stick with Sam Darnold. Maybe they heard their arguments about how good Sam Darnold was last week and they decided, yeah, let's just go beat the Rams and we'll keep Darnold for another year. The Cincinnati Bengals, fresh off their Monday night win against the Steelers, are travelling to Houston to take on the Texans. I'm not going to go with a Texans win on this game now myself. Uh, I know the Bengals played well, but I think they played against struggling side the Texans are also a struggling side too but they do have a better quarterback than the Steelers so I think the Texans will have enough sorry to win this game Fionn what do you think? I agree with you I'm going to take the Texans again for essentially the same reasons as you I just think the quarterback is going to be enough to get them through this game yeah, I don't think when you have a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, you can ever truly count them out of a game. So I'm sticking with the Texans myself. I mean, Ryan Finley he ran for his touchdown himself, but I don't think that happens again this game. Yeah, Ryan Finley sort of take, doing a few uh, Joe Burrow plays there last week as well, mm-hmm. taking the ball and just running with it. Uh, Jake's New York Giants are traveling to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. So Jake, I'll let you go first and let me know who you're picking. I don't want to say but I have to say, it's got to be the Ravens. I don't see the Giants coming back, to be honest. We've got, a, I think, a hobbled quarterback. We don't even know if he's starting. So uh, the Ravens are going to win this one. Although it's not going to be a blowout because the Giants' defense have gotten James Bradbury back. So it could be a tight game. could be a game the Giants cover the spread. Yeah, I agree with you. I was about to make the exact same points. I'm going to take the Ravens. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants get a little bit closer than the 11 points the Ravens are giving them. So I think they should be able to cover that. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Ravens as well. The Ravens are still technically on the outside looking in at the playoff race at the moment. So they need to win out to make sure that they're in at least a wild card position. So they'll start this week with a win against the Giants. The Cleveland Browns are traveling to New York to take on the Jets. Uh, Jets fresh off their first win all season against the LA Rams. And it's going to stay at one win because the Browns are going to beat the Jets. I don't think the Jets are going to be as silly to win another game this year. I think they're going to lose this and hope that at the same time the Jags are going to win, but I don't see that happening. But either way, a Browns win. Fionn, what do you think? Yeah, Browns win by 20 points, I'm going to say. Yeah, I think the the Browns take this one fairly handily. Um, I don't think it's a trap game or anything like that. The, the Jets just, they can put up points, but I just don't see them putting up points in this game. 
We'll move on to the late games on Sunday and we'll start with the Carolina Panthers traveling to Washington to take on the football team. Fionn, what do you think? Washington are feeling really good now at the moment. Uh, the Panthers have been struggling all year. I'm going to take the Washington football team over the Panthers in this one. I'm going to take the Panthers myself, um, not just because I'm against the football team, but a, a little bit of quarterback controversy in the week for the football team. And I'm not sure if Alex Smith has recovered fully from his injury. So I'm going to take the Panthers in this one. Yeah, um, I am going to actually go with the football team on this myself. Um, the game last week against Seattle went exactly how I thought. They didn't start in the first half. and They played better in the second half. It's interesting to see if Dwayne Haskins will play after that incident there during the week. Um, I, I still think he will. But, he probably uh, will. He probably the only will. other option, if, if Smith is out, the only other option is the tight end. So, Yeah, well, he could keep, keep going wildcat for the whole game, I guess, as well. But I, I still think, I think that defense will do enough to disrupt uh, Bridgewater. And I think they will get them through to win the game. I think it will be the defense that will win them the game rather than the offense. So I'm going for a Washington win. The Denver Broncos are traveling to take on the LA Chargers. Uh, I'll go first on this one, and I'm going to pick the LA Chargers, and they're going to be my lock of the week. Oof. The Broncos have been, were absolutely awful last week against a really, really good Bill side. They are picking random people off the streets to play cornerback for them at the moment as well because they have nobody there. Uh, and I think the Keenan Allen is going to have a very, very good game in this game for sure. So I'm going to go for a Chargers win and my luck of the week. Uh, Fionn, I'll let you go first. Or go next. A little bit surprised that you locked up the Chargers in that one. I agree with you. I think the Chargers will win mostly based on I like Herbert better than Locke. But yeah, there's a lot of more obvious locks out there. So I'm just a little bit suspicious. I think you might know something that I don't know. But uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with you and take the charges in that way, at least if you get it, you're only one game up. Um, uh, funny enough, you said that the lock of the week for you is the Chargers. There, it is also mine this week. Um, so I'm taking the Chargers. Oh my God, I really, I'm really out of the loop. There's some serious information going around here that I don't know about. Well, look, we talked about it last week. Me and Jake have to team up to try and beat you. So we have to make these bold calls now, <laughs> getting close to the end of the year. Uh, so we'll move on to a NFC least uh, matchup. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to Jerry World to take on the Cowboys. Um, both you guys have NFC East teams. So who will I go to first? Jake, I'll let you make your selection first. This is a tough one for me to pick either team. Um, but just purely for my heart, I'm going to go with the Eagles to win this one. I, I still don't like Jalen Hurts, but um, I like him a lot better against this Cowboys defense. I despise the Cowboys, so I'm going to take the Eagles. Uh, it wouldn't even really help us out in terms of win-loss uh, because the Eagles have that tie, so they're actually uh, better off at 5-9-1 and one than the Cowboys are at 5-9. and nine. So I think I'd rather have the Cowboys at 5-10, and ten, uh, and I'm going to take the Eagles. Yeah, I'm going with the Eagles too. The one thing that the Cowboys can't do is stop the run. So you're going to have either Miles Sanders or Jalen Hurts keeping it, running the ball at you all game. And I think that'll be enough for the Eagles to come out with the win. The LA Rams, fresh off their shocking win, or win, loss, to the New York Jets last week, uh, are traveling to Lumen Field to take on the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks win, they wrap up the NFC West. And I believe that is exactly what they're going to do. I think the Seahawks are going to win this game. Just on a side note, as a fan, I am sick of Sean McVay beating the Seahawks. I'm absolutely sick of it. He seems to be like the – they are the, the voodoo team. They are the team that the Seahawks just have this mental block against, and he's definitely a coach that they have a mental block against. But I think they'll get it right this time, and I think that uh, they will wrap up the division and get that home playoff game. So a Seahawks win. Fionn, what do you think? I agree. I think uh, the Seahawks are going to compound the Rams' loss last week with a loss again. This week, I'm going to take the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm going to take the Seahawks too. It would be a nice little Christmas present for the Seahawks to wrap up that division. So I think the Seahawks do it. Perfect. Uh, Sunday Night Football this week is the 
Tennessee Titans traveling to Lambeau to take on the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Jake, I will let you go first on this one. This is going to be a fantastic game. I think it's going to be high score and fast paced. Um, I'm going to go with the Packers. I like Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback. Um, he's better on the Packers side and that defense is pretty good. I know they're quite, I think they're quite weak against the run. So maybe Derek Henry has himself a game, but I still think Aaron, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are going to win. Yeah, I concur. Agree with everything that you said, Jake. I'm going to take the Packers as well. I think this game is going to be fantastic and I think it's going to be a total shootout. Again, each team's strengths is, uh, are going up against the other team's weaknesses. So the run game of the Titans is going up against the, the Packers' biggest weakness, which is stopping the run, which they can't do. And they obviously have an Aaron Rodgers against a team that can't seem to either get pressure on the quarterback or be able to have a dec- or get any sort of decent cornerback play. So I think it's going to be a great game. I need to sort of get back in the race against you, Fionn. So I'm going to stick my neck out there and I'm actually going to go with a Titans win on this one. I think that having the ball and running it is going to be better for the Titans to wind the clock down, which would mean it would be less time for Aaron Rodgers to try and get back into the game if he needs to. So I'm actually going to go with a Titans win on this one. And the last game of the week is the Monday Night Football. It's the Buffalo Bills fresh off wrapping up the AFC East. Uh, traveling to take on the New England Patriots in Foxborough. Jake, I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to start off with saying I'm going to take the Bills. You can't not take the Bills in this matchup. They have been running uh, pretty far away with the AFC East. I don't know what's going on in in New England. They keep letting Cam have a bad game, then let Jared Stidham go in for a little bit for just a little playtime. But uh, I don't think the Patriots are going to come back for this one. Yeah, I think the Bills love, love, love to beat the Patriots. They don't get a chance very often in the last few years. So uh, I'm going to take the Bills. Again, I have to stick my neck out there. I have to get wins against against you, Fionn. I'm going with the Patriots, and they're going to be my surprise of the week. Uh, I think that it's more out of hope than expectation, to be honest. <laughs> I'm just thinking that Bill Belichick is just going to go into this week thinking, all right, you're after winning the East. Fair play to you, but I'm going to keep you. I'm going to put this great game plan together, and I'm going to beat just to show that you may have won this year, but we're coming back next year. Uh, so I'm going to go with a Patriots win and their surprise of the week uh, for that. But that is all the time we have for this week. Lads, thanks you so much for coming on. I hope you have a great Christmas. And same to you, Dara. Happy Christmas and Happy New Year to both of you. Thank you very much. And like once more time before we go, facebook.com forward slash ASI podcast at ASI underscore pod on Twitter at ASI podcast on Instagram too. Remember to start following us on the Dynamo podcast network, wherever you get your uh, podcasts. That's where we're going to be exclusively from in the new year. We'll also be on YouTube. uh, uh, Just search Dynamo podcast network on YouTube and subscribe to that too. But until next week, I hope you have a great Christmas and I hope you enjoy the football all over the festive period.